Yeah, it's like 100, 102 degrees outside, but I'm down in my uh, basement wearing a sweatshirt and a hat because everyone's got the air conditioning cranking and I'm freezing to death. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not have AC? Anna? Hey, this is Seattle. No one has AC. <laughs> God, you're right. I remember the year I moved to Seattle a couple, like, you know, four years ago, whatever. We had one one of these strings of like 100 degree days for several days, and I was living in a rental house. I had to sleep in the basement because it was 20 degrees cooler in the basement. Now, that was still 85 at night, you know, but um, I remember trying to devise a way. I was try- I was working with my friend Tim and Red, who I was on with the radio at that time, and we were like, could I take the air from downstairs and come up with a series of like conduit and blow the cold air from downstairs up into the upstairs of the house. Oh. The upshot was no, I could not do it. I had to sleep in the basement, <laughs> but I forgot there's no air conditioning in Seattle. We, we have it here in Oregon, but it might just be this house. Wow. You guys are the only ones there in Salem who have air conditioning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the neighbors are coming over. <laughs> My... My nephew was just here visiting his, uh, his, he owns a house in Salem. Yes, he has air conditioning. He has a pool, but the pump broke. So for like the last five days while this has been going on, there's like algae growing and all that kind of stuff. He's been staring at this beautiful cold pool that he can't get in. (laughs) That's that's very sad. (laughs) Can't he just like put something temporary to get rid of the... He got it. Junk. He got it fixed. I he think did. he, oh, he was good. just over for lunch today. Yeah, he just got it fixed. So I think he'll be able to get in it this weekend. Oh man, just plus having to be out there working on it. I mean, to just to keep it clean and all that stuff. You know, any anything you do right now has to be either done really early in the morning. In fact, that's the only choice because even late at night it's still hot. I mean, yeah. it, at least down here it's not getting below the nineties until you know past seven eight o'clock at night. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I feel lucky here at work. We have air conditioning. I mean, in the past, it's been so cold in the summer. Me and the the production guy in the next room over wear sweaters. So, I mean, I have not been worried about the heat at all. <laughs> That's good. Sweet. How about at night, though? Yeah. Are you able to sleep? You know, I, I actually uh, live not too far from the water, and so I have a nice breeze always blowing through, so... Yeah, I I Shoot. have been That's nice. I've been That's doing nice. fine, yeah. <laughs> Natural air conditioning. That's nice. Yeah. But you know, it gives you something to talk about in the elevator, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. You see people in the elevator? That's crazy. More now than we have in years. I almost don't know what to do. It's like, oh, there's people in here. I don't know what to do. <laughs> people People that work for our company or people like other company other people? Other company people. People I don't know. I <gasps> really? Know. Wow. I didn't know they were coming back. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. So. Are you waiting for an elevator for a long time now? Not yet. <laughs> that, that was the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get crazy yeah. now, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> but Anna, you work in the same building. You don't see people in the elevator? Oh, I do. But they're construction people. They're fixing up a floor below and a floor above. Hold up. That building has been empty for two years, and they're still doing all that remodeling? Oh, it's so bad. When I filled in in the mornings, 
in my studio, I had to I had to be so careful. I mean, it was so loud in here. With a, it sounded like a jackhammer. Not kidding. And they stop at eight. It's like, yeah. well, what about the morning team? You know, it's like, it, yeah, it was so loud. <laughs> yeah, blood over the mic. It was awful. It still is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear. I hear stuff. I hope that's the construction guys. <laughs> I don't want no poltergeists in our building. That's right. <laughs> so Claire, you had a wedding you went to. I did. It was, um, I will tell you, there was a point during the reception. I remember this, even though I had quite a few glasses <laughs> of wine, where I turned to my partner and I said, the next time I'm feeling down, please remind me of this moment because this is one of the happiest moments Aww. of my life. I was really kind of proud of myself for recognizing that. Like I actually, I was very in the moment, but I had this moment of feeling like, you know, I was talking about this with someone recently who was like, well, are you happy? You know, I, I can't answer that question. Like generally, are you happy where you're with your life and all that kind of stuff? But I've come to realize that life is about moments of happiness and having more moments of happiness than moments of unhappiness. And it's important to recognize those. And I was just basking for a while there. Uh, the whole weekend was fantastic. And it really, it was so much. I mean, the wedding, I love my nephew, obviously. I love his now wife, who's just a wonderful human being. But having seen so many of my own family, my brother, who I hadn't seen in four years, plus a lot of friends that I hadn't also seen in four years, who made it, who came across the country with prices being what they are, just because they could. And it was just like this really great like moment of people and just, you know, a good DJ and a good rabbi and a good whatever, all the things that go into, into making a wedding and no drama. I mean, there may have been drama, but I wasn't aware of it if it was. It was just nice. It's been, I can't tell you how long it's been since I had that feeling and was surrounded by so many people who seem to be having the same feeling. And you got to bottle those moments up because they don't always happen, you know. So, but yeah, it was really cool. I think that's so awesome. So my kids, we had a baby shower over the weekend. Yay. Yeah. And, you know, some people couldn't make it because of COVID or various other reasons. But it was the first, like, big gathering I've been to in years. And just being around people that you love and hanging out. I mean, it was just, like you said, you want to just bottle it and be like, if you have a bad day, go, yeah, but remember that weekend? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, COVID, I don't know about your experience. COVID is definitely a a specter. I mean, I couldn't, it's not like I dwelled on it the whole time, but it's constantly in your mind. You know, there were three events. One of them was outdoor. One of them was indoor. And one of them was a combination of outdoor, indoor, but the indoor was huge, right? And I will admit at the indoor event, feeling a little, you know, (laughs) like I knew pretty much all the people, but it still like, and it didn't stop me from going, but I was very mindful of how close I was standing to people and, and that kind of stuff. And um, it's interesting. I wonder if, I don't know if we'll ever get past that. Well, at our work, every week, there's a new email saying somebody else has come down with COVID. Were you around them? And it's like, wow, it's, it feels like more mm-hmm. than before. Right. And I think it, it... It does. And I've been... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I've been testing myself since I got mm-hmm. home. I feel fine. I have no, there's no reason for me to test myself other than I'm just being really cautious. And it's, they've been negative. So I, I think it's been five 
four days now, so hopefully I'm out of the woods. I'll probably keep doing it, but but yeah, go ahead. Was I going to say something? <laughs> Anna. <laughs> I want to focus what you guys were saying earlier about this joy that you felt at the wedding. And it was just this wonderful thing that happened, just that feeling. Because a friend of mine had posted something in Facebook. It was actually a TikTok video. This woman, maybe she's probably in her 40s, and she's kind of sitting down. The words are popping up on this on this video, so you can clearly see what she's saying. And she's just kind of got her hand on her head. Her kid, maybe a teen or something, he's just videoing her. And, and she's saying, I don't even remember ever loving anything. Mm. Wait, I, I want to read it like verbatim. So he goes, tell me, what's, what's the matter? She goes, I hate everything. He goes, why? Why? Why do you hate things? And then she goes, I don't even remember ever loving anything or liking anything or ever being happy. Her kid says, well, that noise has been constant. And she goes, uh, everything's constant. And she's like, everything is constant. My friend posted that because she was saying that was her current mood. I... I mean, I think we've all probably felt that way at some point in our lives, like, oh, you know, everything's constant. And to have the, the things that you guys went to, you perk up. Your life perks up all of a sudden for, for a few hours or for several hours. Uh, it's nice to know that you could have, you could go places, you could do things in your life and not feel that constant because, uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I told Lori this week, I'm like, man, uh, or was it Mark? <laughs> I get you mixed up with my spouse, Lori. Um, <laughs> but, but I was like, man, I really feel like I need a vacation. Like, I am so mentally exhausted that I would love to have that perky day of, of you know, I, w- I would like my mood to just perk up just to be somewhere else and just, you know, lose myself. And yeah, I got my books. I got our TV shows. And now I just kind of want to get away. <laughs> After the party was over and everyone left, I was helping clean up. I kind of didn't want to go home. I thought, what if I go home and I get really sad? Because that was my highlight. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot to be said for having something next to look forward to. And particularly if you have a job that's stressful. It's like you have to know that there's there's going to be a time where you get to just do nothing except what you want to. You know, I think that's so important. We do have some say over that. Right. Once we recognize that we can make a decision about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to agree with and and key on what you just said about it's important to have something else to look forward to, because I do have a history of getting very depressed after fun (laughs) things because there's nothing else coming down the pike. Right. Um, That has happened to me before. In this case, I do have another thing to look forward to, but it felt different this time. Like this felt like I mean, I've been looking forward to this for a year, really, but especially months and months, and, you know, being worried about COVID and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't feel that same letdown that I have previously. And I don't know if it's because there's something else to look forward to, or if it's because in this this particular case, it's been such a weird few <laughs> years with so many ups and downs yeah. that I was able to manage it this time. The, the down... Usually the the down is equivalent to the high, and it and it didn't this time, or maybe it just hasn't set in, or maybe I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I don't know, but but it, I'm still riding riding it a little bit, and I think it's really important to recognize that, you know, like you said, to don't don't scent yourself over on one thing, and these don't have to be 
huge things. They don't have to be weddings and baby showers. They can be something, anything involving other people. But I do think it's important to make a date with someone to do something, to see something or see someone or go somewhere so that you do string yourself things to to stay positive and look forward to. But to your point, Anna, it is so important that you get that break. I know how hard you're working right now. The harder you work, the the deeper you're going to get until you until you get that release. So I do hope that that you get a chance to to do that with Mark or Lori, whichever one of your spouses you prefer. Um, I said a date. Yes. <laughs> well, well, the good news is I am going to go. I think it's next week. So whatever August 10th is, I'm going to my first concert at Miramar oh, Park. I've never been nice. to a concert there at Miramar Park, but I have that to look forward to. And then who are you uh, seeing? Um, I have no idea. I've never heard of the people. I just said, yes, let's go. Um, let me see. Mary Moore. I, I have it on my Venmo. <laughs> let me see. <laughs> some guy. <laughs> some guy. And for some reason, we thought of Paul Mc, Mc, McCartney. Paul McCart. I don't know how to say it. Something like <laughs> Nathaniel. <laughs> oh, Nathaniel um, Ratcliffe yeah. and the Night Sweats. They're fantastic. Yes. They're super fun. What do they sing? Hang on, I'll okay. be right back. Okay, okay. You had enough? Yeah, out. Okay. So, so you heard of them, uh, Lori? I haven't, but I was just looking at the um, Mary Moore concerts. Okay, um, sure. Yeah. So let's see if there's anything. Um, let's see. <clears throat> what do they sing that you know there, uh, Claire? Are they? They're uh, not. I don't. Nothing. I've never heard them on the radio. I, oh, okay. I, I don't know. They, um, I mean, they're not like a. They're kind of a cult thing oh, almost. <laughs> really? So they're like um, how a lot of people like Jimmy Buffett, but you don't hear Jimmy Buffett on the radio, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or Dave Matthews or, yeah, like yeah. just exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. You'll have a great stuff. time. She, she knew that I would like them. So. So good for you. So you did it. You made a date. You made a plan. You're going to go get outside your head for a while. Yeah. And, Yay. Um, it sounds like you're going to the Marymore Park concert with friends, right? Just one. Yeah. Yeah. Just but one. not but not your husband and not your kids. Right. See, I think that's great. <laughs> I think that I think that's part of it, you know. Not that they're not great people. I'm sure you love hanging no, out yeah, with them. But I do, actually, part of yeah. a change of scenery is just being completely different. Different people, different locale, all of that stuff. And I think there's a guilt around that. You know, there there can be a, a guilt around doing something fun that doesn't involve your family. There but is. But especially, there how do you manage is. that? I, I think a big thing is because my kids are teenagers, I know there's going to be a point in time, they're not going to want to do anything with us. I I don't want to do anything without them most of the time because of that. But we are starting to talk about a trip to Italy next year as well. So so we, we got that, and they're both excited about that. Well, and I think something that kind of happened for me anyway during COVID is then when, when we could go and do things, it was almost easier to be like, yeah, nah, and just not get out mm-hmm. there. And so I think that it's almost like we're retraining ourselves again to get back out there, but also have good boundaries. When I raised my kids as a single mom, that was my commitment. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of things because I needed to be available to my kids. And I didn't want to be off running here and running there and leaving them home. Now I'm at a time in my life when I have the freedom to do that. But I think that the balance of our life can kind of shift during what phase of life we're in. True. 
Yeah, I've been listening to Brene Brown, her newest book, The Atlas of the Heart. She always talks about connection and how important connection is. I realized during COVID, I had so little connection as far as physical. I still had my friends and the things I did, but I realized that even with Zoom and everything, there is really a difference in being physically with somebody and being physically around people versus on a Zoom or video playing mm-hmm. with your online friends. Mm-hmm. And you kind of forget how to do it. <laughs> I, I, I forgot how to social. You forgot it how to It takes people. a little while to get, yeah, I forgot <laughs> how to people. You know, getting back into it is, is, is tricky a little bit, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to wonder if I could work in a workplace again, mm. you know. Oh. Um, I really am. I mean, I'm can. starting to. Oh. Like I really wonder if I can function in a workplace if 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 I and not myself I know I can function but it's just like being with other people. Um, oh my I, god! I, I don't. I can't see myself ever going back. I guess I will have to at some point, but right now I don't. Interesting. I was just talking to someone, uh, Steve, our production guy, Steve. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about you, Claire, like the other day. <laughs> We were talking just how how cool you are to work with. <laughs> you could work with other people easily, Claire. I mean, but maybe well, not in your end. You might not feel like that, but I think a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, we like Claire." Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I I appreciate that, yeah. and 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 I do. I get you know, I I got an A and plays well with <laughs> others and all that kind of stuff. But you know, <laughs> it's just that whole you know, putting on clothes and getting in the car and going up the elevator <laughs> and getting in your desk and going to the <laughs> coffee maker. I, I don't know. There, I just, I really, I really like mm-hmm. being home. Gosh, what, what, so, so listening to what you just said just now, like if you told yourself that like maybe four years ago, would you have laughed back then about what you say today? You just said four years ago. Yes. Because you were, like, really busy at work all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. During that time and everything. And, and to know yeah. that, oh, no, I I like the uh, the at-home, uh, you know, working right. thing. But I can, I can remember, like, a gajillion years ago, like, practically before the Internet was invented, <laughs> um, there's this um, – there was this really great uh, morning show in L.A. on a station called K-Rock, and it was the Kevin and Bean show. And um, these guys were phenomenal. I mean, so head and shoulders above any other morning show that I that I had ever heard or really have heard since or even been a part of, for that matter. I mean, it's just really the gold standard. And I found out, and we're talking about the 90s, I guess, that Bean lived in Washington State. He lives on an island. Um, he's since moved to England, but he lived on an island, one of the islands huh. in Washington. Kevin was in L.A., and then their traffic reporter was also in L.A., but in, in a different place. And then there was a sports guy who was in a different place, too. This unbelievably cohesive program, and all four of them were in wow. different places. And, you know, Bean was basically home. And, I'm, and I was thinking to myself, wow, I want, I want that much mm-hmm. money where I don't ever have to go anywhere because the radio station will build me equipment so that I can stay home. You know, little did I know, 20 years later, the radio station doesn't have to build you equipment. You can buy everything you need on the internet or at Radio Shack if it still existed. And here we are, and I'm not making a gajillion dollars like Bean was making. I'm making the same, you know, whatever radio wage everyone else is making. And I'm home, you know, and I'm not on the fabulous island, but at least I'm blissfully in my house. So I could I have imagined it? Absolutely. I've been imagining it for 25 years. But um, 
but to know that it would become a reality and and to be a requirement, let alone a reality, even four years ago, no, you're right. It I would have been like, yeah, that'll be somebody else. So I'm curious because Anna, you know, sort of she had to go home, work from home, and then she had to come back. So what was that like, Anna, to have to put on your clothes, come back to work? Oh, that was I was. Uh... I wasn't looking forward to it when I first heard we were going back to the office. I got to put on makeup. I got to do my hair. I I still got COVID hair, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then learn how to people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Once I got in, I realized other people were feeling the same way, even worse, probably. Then Then there were people that were that had been there and very happy to see you and, and things like that. I think that helped out. So so we've been in the office uh, for a couple days, a week for about a year now this month. Mm. It's worked out great. So I, I think I'm fine. In the long run, I, I was just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, I, uh. I came every day. And I, if I would have, I don't think I would have been happy if I had to work from home. Um, but uh, I think if I would have worked from home, I think it, for me, it seems like it would have been really hard to come back in. And I mean, even like in the beginning, you walk into the break room, someone's in there, you don't know how they feel. So you're trying to be careful. You don't want to step on anyone's toes or, you know, that six foot rule or, you know, so I think, you know, as you get used to people again, you, you kind of get feel a little better about that. But at first, you know, um, even saying hi to people, like if I walk by salespeople and they're on their computer, I don't know if they're doing a Zoom call. I'm not going to be like, hey, what's up, you know? And so, but then I also don't want to seem like, uh, you know, like a snob. So I don't think the Zoom call's going away anytime soon mm. either. That seems to be here to like stay. like that's life now. I was thinking about that. A lot of the, a lot of the little towns I do mm-hmm. news for, they're still doing all their, um, like, city council and blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is still mm-hmm. remote. I, it really surprises me. I would think, you know, I mean, some of them are going back in person, but most of them are not. Um, and I, I don't know how long they're going to be able to do it for because eventually, you know, the law states everybody has to meet in person. But the states keep extending the COVID rules so they can keep doing mm-hmm. it remotely. Maybe they'll just change the law, the forum or whatever. I wonder. Yeah, because just say, well, as long as they're... Yeah, the cor- yeah, uh, quorum, yeah. Exactly. As long as everybody mm-hmm. meets, I, I, I'm wondering why. I mean, why not do that yeah. for people? You know, it might encourage, you know, there are a lot of people who, especially in small towns, they're always looking for people to serve on, not so much like the city council, but boards mm-hmm. and commissions, you know, the things that really make a town run. Everybody's like, oh, the zoning here is terrible. Well, then why don't you serve on the zoning board? Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, maybe if some of those things like that, you could do from home and not have to leave your house at seven o'clock at night. It might encourage more participation. That could be a sea change. I, I'd like to think that. Maybe I'm being Pollyanna, mm-hmm. but, you know, why not? Why Why should you have to schlep down to City Hall at 7 o'clock on right. a Monday? Well, and think about it. If, if you're a single mom, I mean, for me, I couldn't be involved in any of the community things because I couldn't go to those meetings. But, man, if I could have done it from home after I get the kids in front of a— you know, good movie or something, I could have participated more. So that's a really good point. Because, you know, the one thing that we always want to encourage people is to get involved in government and register to vote. I mean, I think any time is important. You know, I feel like more than ever now, our rights have been fought for so that we can vote. And that if we want to have a say, do our due diligence, get signed up 
and make our voices heard. And if it means being on a committee, you know, for your community, do it if you can. Have influence. Be a leader. And at the very basic, you can't complain if you don't mm-hmm. vote, right? Well, you can and people do, but... <laughs> You can and people do, but, but you, you, have no, say, you have no right to complain. Right, you should you say, I'm going to complain, but oh, by the way, I didn't bother to vote. Right. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. fly with me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, Anna and I were talking yesterday a little bit about um, being a little fearful, watching the news and being discouraged. And in a way, you know, it, it, it feels like the, the news robs our hope. And it would be really easy to get focused on all these terrible and negative things that are happening. But I think it's so important for us to remember, you know, that we can make a decision, that we can do what we can do. And um, yesterday I, I posted an Oprah um, post and I, I wondered what matters more, the the quote or the quote, the one who created the quote? So Interesting. the reason is, okay, so I the quote is, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. The ability to triumph begins with you, Oprah Winfrey. And I work with people all the time who are triumphing over terrible odds. They've had bad childhoods, they've had whatever, and they have found ways to make their life better. And so the first person on here, totally agree, yes, you know, dancing ladies. The next two were men, and they're like, yeah, I don't have any respect for Oprah or her belief system, or yeah, I don't buy that statement. Someone said, not everyone gets the breaks Oprah did. I'm like, Holy crap. This is a person in media. Oh. It's a person in media. Right. How do you not know she didn't have lucky breaks? She made her life Not happen. at all. And so I, you know, in the right. past I would have been offended or I would have taken it down. But I'm just, somebody even put a laughing um, emoji on that one. I'm just like, we all have, unless we don't have the capacity, our mind can change our brain. We can make a decision and we can make a choice to make things different. If we want to be more healthy, Anna and I talk about this, you can start exercising. You can start eating differently. If, if you feel like you don't have enough love in your life and you want to date, you can find a way to do that. If you want to have more money, you can find a way to do that. You know, it's like we do not have to be the victim of life. Even when bad things have happened, I mean, I see, I mean, how heartwarming is when you see somebody who forgives someone in prison, you know, like you hear all these mad, you know, mothers against drunk drivers, and then they go and they forgive that person and the person goes and talks and shares their story and starts to change the world. I just think it's really easy to become the victim of life and we don't have to. We, we always have a choice. I could be all wet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I I think there there are some there are some people that really have a hard time uh, getting to that point yet to um, to be able to easily change their their hardships if they had a a rough start. But but I see what you're you're saying is that, you know you could just try to 
get to that those points. I, I think I'm maybe I'm just thinking a little too deeply because I'm thinking I think about some people who just don't have the the me they may not feel like they have the means to to do things get easy access to to things and maybe they just don't don't know and and it's hard for people to some people some people to reach out to other people to ask for that help Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm i don't mean to be like hey you're wrong i'm just thinking about some of the folks that really can't don't don't have have that I, I don't know if you even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do. I think I think I I think I do. And and I want to key on something you just said there, which is that I think what you meant by people don't know is there are people who may grow up in a situation where they're not even aware of so much that's available to them in the world until they meet someone like a teacher or an extracurricular mm-hmm. activity yeah. or somebody who says, oh, this is art. This is math. This is, you know learning how to build furniture, whatever it is that you might grow up in a situation where you don't even know. And I'm not saying that magically opens every door for you, but, uh, you know, just an awareness of the possibilities is kind of the start to figuring out how you can change your life. And and I think there's, there's some people that might feel like they don't get a chance. They don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, they may not have the courage to come up to the right people to get access to it. Teachers go to them and and say, hey, you know, you could could do this, you could do that. I don't know, some some people may not be willing to do that. And, uh, and especially how divisive uh, it's gotten these last couple years Mm -hmm. or so. Yeah. So I, I I feel like I hear what you're saying. I know I'm struggling here. Could, no, it could be you know it could be race. It could be privilege. There could be those things. And like one of the things when everybody went home for school, they couldn't start teaching until every child had internet, right? Because the whole thing about education mm-hmm. is every child has to have the same ability. So they couldn't start school just because some kids automatically had internet until they knew every child in the school had access to internet. And so I, I think I hear what you're saying, Anna. And I think what, what uh, um, because, I, you know, I know people who have had rough starts in life, but also like um, one of my heroes is Johnny Erickson Tata. Have you heard of her? Mm. Uh, when she was about 17, dove off a, uh, out in the lake with her family and friends, dove, hit a rock, hit her head on a rock, and was paralyzed the rest of her life. First few years, furious. Then she decided she was going to be an artist. She learned how to use her mouth, hold a pen with her mouth. And then she just realized, you know, with her wheelchair, she couldn't do anything. And so she started changing laws. She started uh, groups and getting people to help her change laws so that that's why we have wheelchair access everywhere we go now and why we have, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, 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 I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna, like, if you want it, you can get it. But I also think that it's it's easy to, we have to ask, we have to be willing to put ourselves out there a little maybe. And like, I know like people would think, oh, I could never, even growing up on Whidbey Island, we were so sheltered, you know, we didn't know we could go and do things like be on the radio or, you know, we didn't even really know. I mean, I think a lot of people were going to college, but not everyone. It's like what you don't know, how do you do something about that? 
so I think there's that. But and then have you guys heard of Nick Vulichik? He has no arms and legs, and he's a motivational speaker. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's basically a body and a head, and he maybe he was born to a family that you know made it so that could try everything. But he he's now married with kids, and he. He's a motivational speaker. There's nothing that he's wanted to do that he hasn't at least tried, including skateboarding, surfing. He's had to learn how to move around. And even when he goes and speaks, he has no legs. So he's either sitting on the floor or a chair. And so even he can't even, like, get up to the microphone. Like, if he had legs, he would be so much taller. And, you know, to see people that have triumphed and you know we hear about a lot of you know the other podcast I do is um, adults who are abused as children and when they don't tell their story and they don't get help they sometimes get really stuck in their life but when they begin to share their story and get help and realize there's resources and that they can actually live a full life everything will change for them so it's not easy it's a struggle Do you think, though, for all of those people that you've just named, I mean, so much of that strength comes from within, but don't you think there had to have been a person along the way that opened a door, a mental door for them and said, this is possible? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Or, you know, I I had a friend when I first started in radio. She came in one day and I, I kept saying, what's wrong with your leg? Are you limping? And, you know, she was always wore a dress and it looked like maybe she had a wrap on her leg. So she takes me out to lunch and she goes, I have a fake leg. And she was born with some kind of uh, birth defect. And so when she was pretty little, they had to amputate her leg. And when she came home from the hospital, there was a bike on the porch. And she said she was so excited and she got that bike and she's out there trying to ride it. And she's so mad because she can't figure it out. And she looks up in the window and her mom is bawling, just bawling, watching her, but not helping her because she knew if she helped her and let her think she was weaker than she was, she would never make it in this life. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying like I don't have any compassion for people who are in hard situations, but man, if we can be people that encourage people to see a bigger Mm -hmm. To realize there's more. And I think that's why I have so much respect for teachers that are willing to do that, that that can can open that door and shine that light and make a difference for kids. Like the teacher that taught those kids calculus in like Harlem, those kids were going nowhere, you mm-hmm. know, so they needed somebody that cared. So, yeah, they needed somebody that could shine that light and say, you guys are, are better than this. You, you can do more. Do you guys think yeah. that um, something that I think is important for, for for those who just feel like they aren't heard for a way to be heard mm-hmm. um, or seen? You know, what you were saying, Claire, about teachers, the classroom, those are opportunities for even students to be able to be heard uh, when even the silent ones, when a teacher, you know, says, hey, uh, little little quiet Betty. What do you think? <laughs> you know, things like when there are, are situations that usually a person won't talk, that's a situation they could and, and be heard or be seen. 
Um, but also in real life, like, you know, I, I think some people just don't know how to be heard or to be seen. And then unfortunately, there are some people that do that by doing bad things. But then if there are ways for just people to get to where they need to be, <laughs> dot, dot, right. dot. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting what you said about, you know, sometimes they might do bad things. I guess that's, you know, it's called acting out, right? Where you, you get a kid that that is otherwise a good kid, but might do something bad just to get attention. It takes a strong adult to know the difference and encourage them with, you know, attention and redirection rather than punishment, you know. But that's hard. I mean, it's not as simple as that. You to really recognize why someone is doing something like that and and hopefully catch them at a young age where where you can still do something about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers are just the greatest humans. Yeah. Teachers and nurses like they're like the <laughs> just the best people that yeah, exist. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah. and two, I you know, I always wanted to be that mom in the neighborhood that encouraged kids, that believed in kids. I think if we see somebody who is struggling, how can we advocate with and for them? How can we be the person to mm-hmm. plant the seed, so to speak, and then water it and be like there is more, you could do more. You know, and that's why we say get involved in government if your town needs more social services. It's like finding the places that we can be effective and the way we can serve. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, but also not to should people, right? Exactly. Like I learned that from you, Lori, of, of all the million things that's I've right. learned from you. That's yeah. my favorite. You don't want to go to a kid and say, you know what you should do? You want to find out what they're into and and make suggestions and help direct them and if they ask for something find a way to help them find it but not force them into something just because you think they need to do exactly yeah like there was this kid one of my kids friends he was such an artist oh my gosh he was so amazing his mom always gone always left those kids home alone and so I'd have Mm -hmm. him over at the house sometimes you know he'd be there for weeks because we didn't know where she was I don't know why CPS didn't do anything. I don't know why the school didn't do anything. I did my part, you know. And I I always hoped that he felt safe and loved and knew that we thought his art was amazing and that maybe when he was older he might, you know, think, hey, there were some people that believed in me, you know. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, I know there are people that fall That's through awesome. the cracks. I know that, um, you know, but if we can inspire that hope, in our kids' friends and in people around us and be like, you know, like we sometimes we may say, should, you should do more. Well, someone might be really happy doing just what they're doing, right? It's not, it's not about our mm-hmm. opinion, but also helping people see that there are possibilities when yeah. maybe they never even thought about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good chat. Good talk. Yeah, I hope was. it wasn't dropped on a negative. So much. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I think you know. I don't think it was. I don't think so either. I mean, I, I wish there were more Lori Hardys in the world. How you, mm-hmm. what you just described. It's like we need more kindness. We need more people who give up people opportunities to be seen and heard, just like you did on a, on a little scales and on big scales. Yeah, and that is a really good high note to end on. Awesome. Amen. Well, where can we find you guys on the socials? I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. And I am on Facebook at Coach Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. I'm on Twitter at I'm Ann.
today. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. Yes, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Drink water. Be cool. This is Listen and Learn. Or not. not.